I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome to the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. We have a, a lot to get to, so let's uh, just get right into it. I'm going to ask, it's the big question this week, is this the most record-breaking week in Billboard chart history? That feels so meta for people to say. Um, what that really refers to is, you know, is this the week where more records are broken, you know, across the spectrums and big records than in any other singular week? Right. Here at Billboard, only got uh, so pretty exciting. Hundred twenty something years to go through should be easy. Uh, yeah, so we combed through every edition, counted them up, you know, weighed which records were broken against others, and uh, we've arrived at a definitive conclusion. Yeah, I remember two, two other weeks. Gary Trust is a dedicated man. Yeah, Al and Dave Penn coming up from hit songs deconstructed. So uh, they were breaking down hits from uh, 2017 last week. We're going to get into that more, more trends that defined uh, 2017's biggest hits. So uh, that's on the way. And the Olympics are going on. So in the middle of the Olympics, figured we'd look back. Uh, music really ties into the Olympics historically. Uh, there have been some big hits, uh, one by... Can we say your favorite artist of all time? Uh, sure. All right. The, one of her big uh, Olympic hits is coming up. Uh, oh, yeah. I was, I was looking back. I, I did a story on, on uh, Olympic hits at one point. You know what we should, we should call these songs? I. What would you call? I don't, what would you call? I don't Olympic think song? I want to know. Gold records. Oh okay. no, Gary! No, no one aspires for gold anymore. We got to get at least a platinum record. Yeah, but the Olympics—you don't win platinum. Yeah, but who wins the platinum at the Olympics? Nobody wins the platinum, but but eh. maybe they should give a platinum. Maybe to the performers, maybe the musical performers—they may- they get a, a platinum medal. A pl- the musical performers get a platinum medal. I think we're onto something. 
All right. Uh, in the meantime, everyone, here is, as usual, the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number 10. Number nine. Number eight. Number seven. Number six. Number five. All my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star. Fucking with me, call up on no Number four. And number one. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey, yeah. I finesse down Western Road. Hey, yes. Might go down to G-O-D. Yeah. All right, as you guys just heard, there's a lot of action towards the, the bottom of the top ten this week, but things are holding steady up top. Drake, God's plan, number one again on the Billboard Hot 100. And, you know, as with anything Drake these days, the streams are just out of this world. We saw in the past couple of weeks that this song was pulling north of 80 million streams, which is, if it sounds like a big number, that's because it is a huge, huge number. This week falls just outside the 80 million club, uh, pulling a an underwhelming, I guess, 79.6 million streams for uh, fans of, of rounding. I guess that rounds up to 80 million. You're right. So I'm crazy to think that this is its sort of worst streaming week and it still pulls 79 million streams. Um, Funny enough, this is the first song that we've seen here with three weeks of more than 75 million streams in each of those weeks. Um, So this is, you know, it's not something that that Adele has been able to do, not something that Taylor Swift was able to do. Um, Even the mighty Harlem Shake, you know, and that was a huge thing back in in 2013, which holds the all time record for highest streams in one week uh not able to hold on to that degree for this long no but this is uh, of the six top streaming weeks all time this song god's plan has three of those weeks so half of the biggest six weeks and it's, it's fourth fifth and sixth this song is, is that big it's on that historic uh, level uh with uh, bauer harlem shake and uh, just above uh, the three weeks of god's plan look what you made me do by taylor swift 
you know, and to extend that point, this is something that is happening. I, I don't know what cross-section of the population Drake has just, like, grabbed onto, but it's it's the most ideal cross-section. I mean, this is a guy, if you think about Drake in the past couple of years, I mean, he rarely is on national TV performing any of these these songs, not, not just God's Play, but any of his big hits. He's not doing interviews on TV. He's not putting out a lot of music videos. He's not doing a lot of appearances. So, you know, unlike Harlem Shake, which had the viral video, or Taylor Swift, which had a huge video to support that as well, you know, this is, I mean, Drake just puts out a song, can kind of disappear back in the shadows, and people will grab onto this for weeks and not let it go. This is, I mean, it's really ridiculous. Yeah, I'm still a little bit surprised that it's not something uh, as mainstream poppy as One Dance, and it's more in that Hotline Bling kind of, kind of feel but i feel like hotline bling was in some ways catchier to mainstream audiences in some ways so that's what's kind of surprising me about this song that doesn't seem like you would necessarily think it would be this big yeah i know a lot of these sort of uh, chart heads or even just pop music fans were out there thinking you know of course when the, when the song first came out everyone thought okay new drake it'll do really well in its first week as as you would expect from an artist like drake but a lot of people thought because we don't know if it's from an album there's no video to support it they thought it would just kind of sink like a rock and it has not sunk anywhere. <laughs> Still holding on uh, at number one. I mean, this is the first song to debut at number one and, and hold on to that for three weeks since Adele's Hello. Now, not saying it's going to necessarily hit those cultural heights or, or whatnot, but again, just for Drake to, to do this, it's insane. And again, we've seen in the last year, and we'll talk about this more coming up with Hit Songs Deconstructed, you don't really need necessarily this this big pop chorus for a huge hit anymore, the way hip-hop and streaming have become so big. This is sort of following the lines of a lot of the hip-hop hits we've seen in the last year, even something like Bodak Yellow by Cardi B. Hip-hop's doing fine without these big pop choruses. And hip-hop continues its presence in the Hot 100 Top 10 with uh, some of the genre's biggest stars adding some new top 10s to their resumes. First up, we got Kendrick Lamar, who is back collaborating with The Weeknd, this time on the song Pray For Me, which debuts at a mighty number seven. It's one of the songs from the Black Panther soundtrack, which came out last week on February 9th. The film, of course, coming out. Well, really, I guess tonight people are, are lining up to see it. I'm going to see it tonight. I know we had to wait to start this podcast. You were looking for tickets online ahead of time. Well, that well, we had we had some downtime. So in that downtime, I bought my tickets, and I'm telling you, this thing was already massively sold out. So I'm surprised I got anything. So another uh, superhero movie, just in this endless line of superhero movies. But uh, th- this one's a little bit different, right, Trevor? Well, the hero is black. You know, that's, that's, yeah, there's something different about it. Something is obviously first, different. Is this the first, like the first major movie like that? Yeah. I mean, maybe not ever, but certainly, I mean, in this current, you know, if you want to say the superhero Marvel era picked up really 10 years ago, 2008 was when the first Iron Man came out. And we've seen ever since, you know, Captain America and Thor and Hulk and Avengers. And I mean, we've seen these things blow the box office records apart. We've seen all this, you know, crazy going into it. And yeah. For the first time in that 10-year span, but I mean, we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, like I said, Captain America, all these people are in the same universe, and now we finally get a black superhero. Only took 10 years. Only took, I mean, 10 years. And if you think about it, just that's just Marvel. You know, you got X-Men, you got uh, Batman movies, you got Superman movies. You're right, everything has been a superhero movie, but not one of them has been black. It's been a Jewish superhero movie? I'm, I, I, I don't know. 
Because you could see the thing is, we don't know if there's a Jewish superhero. You knew there was no black superhero. You knew that. That's obvious. Every if you knew it, everyone in that Marvel executive Disney room knew it. Maybe Superman's Jewish. Mate, what? Well, he's an alien, but I guess he could. I guess he could convert if y'all are welcoming like that. Now we got a we got a ways away from from the Black Panther soundtrack, but we are back. We're here and we're talking about Black Panther. This is this is the moment. Kendrick uh, overseeing and curating the project. I'm um, a good number of the top dog artists on there. He's got a collaboration with SZA, All the Stars, which is also on the Hot 100. Also a, a track with uh, J-Rock, Future, and James Blake, King's Dead. So we've seen a couple songs come out there. Um, next week, the album looking to make a splash on the Billboard 200. Looks like at this moment it could debut at number one. So that'd be a, a great present for the movie coming out. I mean, it's probably... There's really no question it'll be number one at the box office, so it'll be number one at the box office, number one on the Billboard 200 at the same time. Looking pretty good for it. But that's not the only victory for hip-hop this week. Uh, also, the Migos are back in the top ten in the promised land with the song Stir Fry. Now, I know chart watchers knew that Migos was hot last week when we saw the album Culture 2, which debuted number one on the Billboard 200. A lot of the Culture 2 songs uh, debuting on the Hot 100. And even though most of them fall this week, some people might be wondering kind of, why does Stir Fry move up while everything else is going down? And that would be, if you click over to YouTube, uh, the music video had dropped at the end of January. So there was a, a bit of tracking activity that went into last week's chart from the video. This time around is the full seven day period for the song, which overall helps it move up the chart. Also, I don't know if a lot of people saw this one. When the album came out, there was a, a pretty like viral video from Tasty. You know, which does a lot of the food videos about make you know make some meals from scratch, and they had Migos on making stir fry. Oh. so you know, that's, I mean, a plus for the marketer there. Let's get some dudes singing about stir fry to make stir fry. Stir fry is good. That's one of the better uh, food related hot one hundred top tens. All right, I can tell by the look on Gary's face. That's enough rap for now. Let's turn it to uh, a more Gary friendly genre. How about let's check out what's going on in country. Uh, so uh, the other new top 10 is by B.B. Uh, Rexa in Florida, Georgia Line, meant to be. Uh, this one took a little bit, uh, 16 weeks on the Hot 100. Uh, goes 11 to 9 this week. And a pretty notable uh, hit uh, on the Hot Country Songs chart. It's been number one now for 11 weeks. That's a record for uh, the longest time at number one for a song by a female artist ever in the Hot Country Songs history, which goes back to 1958. Uh, the previous record was not that long ago. It was Taylor Swift with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Ah, the country classic. Yeah, uh, 10 weeks in, in 2012, 2013, and, and obviously meant to be. You know, we're not talking, uh, you know, this isn't going back to, to Hank Williams uh, type type music. This is modern country. But, you know, part of it is uh, the chart methodology changed in 2012 to include streaming and sales. Uh, so we've seen uh, in the streaming era, uh, uh, can keep a song at number one for a long time. But also, they're, they're pop crossover hits. So it makes sense that uh, the biggest hits are going to be songs that have crossover appeal. And uh, both songs became pop hits, uh, country hits as well. So it's so it's kept them uh, at number one for these long runs. But uh, yeah, this week it gets its 11th week at number one. So it passes uh, Taylor Swift. And uh, B.B. Rexa has country chart history. And uh, she was talking about it with uh, with her own uh, Chelsea Briggs of Billboard News, uh, talking about what a big deal it is for, for a New York City uh, pop girl to have this huge country hit. Meant to be has been like the yeah. soundtrack of my 2018. Yeah, you know, just a Brooklyn girl with a country song. Just that's how we do it. You just never, I, I think I think music is, you know, is bending now and it's so incredible. I'm like, the, my biggest song is a country pop song, but it's cool. You know, I think it, I think it's just about a great song. Yeah. 
you have like Marin Morris now on the Zed song. You have Chris Stapleton on the new Justin Timberlake song. I think that's what it's about. Are you working on more country music in 2018 is what your fans want to know. Uh, I am not, but I am working with country writers and uh, producers, uh, collaborating with them. And I might have some artists on my songs. Okay. I'm a big fan of Kane Brown, so maybe. So BB Rexa passing Taylor Swift for country chart history. I, I think it goes back to artists growing up uh, with uh, technology to make music uh, in their in their bedrooms. It's never been easier to, to make whatever kind of music you want wherever you are. And and uh, music fans growing up with iTunes and YouTube, barriers are, have never been uh, less than they are now. Oh, and uh, it's a total uh, sort of random thing. I realized uh, I was looking how uh, uh, Meant to Be passes We Are Never Ever uh, Getting Back Together most weeks at number one on Hot Country Songs for a song by a woman. I was looking, what, what is what is in third place for the third longest leading number one Hot Country Songs hit by a woman ever? I, I honestly didn't know until I looked it up. Uh, with eight weeks at number one in 1964, 1965, it was Connie Smith, Once a Day. All right, so between Drake uh, hitting that, that new streaming milestone, we got BB Rexa hitting that new Hot Country Songs milestone. If you thought that would be enough records for a week, we got one more for you. Uh, this week, a song we have not talked about in a while, but a song that was obviously inescapable last year, Despacito has quietly been holding on to that number one rank on the Hot Latin Songs chart uh, ever since that summer domination last year. And this week... It crosses the finish line, taking the title for most weeks at number one on Hot Latin Songs with 42 weeks at number one. I mean, that's almost that's almost almost a whole year. Well, it's actually a first at number one a year ago and then uh, gave way a little bit to uh, Mi Gente. And it's been back for seven weeks now. So 42 total weeks. Fast as the 41 weeks held by Enrique Iglesias by Lando which uh, now slips into second place, gets a silver medal. We got a lot of a lot of, lot of changes at the leaderboard happening this week. Right, so three uh, pretty big records this week. Uh, Drake, God's Plan, first song ever with three weeks of 75 million plus uh, U.S. streams. Uh, longest leading number one for female artist on High Country Songs for BB Rexa. And uh, Despacito, uh, longest leading all time number one on Hot Latin Songs. So It's a pretty good spread out there. We got a little hip-hop, we got a little country, we got a little Latin. Right, uh, so... Uh, Asking the question, is this is this the most record-breaking week in Billboard chart history? It feels like it's certainly in the discussion for one of the biggest. I, I thought of a couple it's just... So, it's so meta. I like, you know, uh, the, the, what what Billboard week breaks the record for Billboard weeks? Well, I feel like chart fans will, will remember that, that there were at least two weeks I can think of in the last decade where it was just a huge week where uh, there was something major to cover and then uh, there was something just as big in the same week. So uh, sometimes it just lines up. Uh, let's go back... Uh, Wow, it's actually seven years ago, pretty much. Uh, February 26th, 2011. I guess this isn't really a record uh, as much as it's just a, a major timing. milestone. But yeah, uh, uh, this song, 
debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 as the 1,000th Hot 100 number one of all time. Born This Way, uh, yeah, not a record, but uh, just a, a major number one. Just happened to be perfect timing. But we at the time felt like it was just a perfect song to get that honor because Gaga was just so huge at that particular moment. It was the first uh, single from the new album, so it, uh, it's good headlines all around. Uh, same week, there actually was a major record broken, uh, a record that Elvis had held uh, for decades, uh, most Hot 100 hits. He had 108 for a long time, and uh, with... Uh, Six new entries that week for the Glee cast. They passed Elvis for the most Hot 100 hits. They went up to 113. Uh, that record still stands at 207. The Glee cast is still the act with the most Hot 100 hits uh, all time. And at its peak, and it was just hit after hit every week, five or six songs every single week. And that's how they got to that record. Uh, what's interesting, too, I was looking back at that week. Uh, you know how many Hot 100 hits Drake had uh, in February 2011, career at that point? Mm, I'll say maybe like 18. 24. Oh, I thought I had it right. Okay, yeah. okay still. So he, he was 24, and now now he's second with 160. And the way he's going, it feels like this record actually is going to be his at some point. Yeah, I mean, with only I mean, with 40 tracks to go. I mean, that's an album. I mean, it's only two albums, but I mean, an album and, you know, a good number of features, which... I mean, it feels like Drake is on features everywhere. I mean, even this song, Look Alive, right. you know, that kind of came out of nowhere. It looks like it probably will be on the Hot 100 next week. So that could be 161, you know, just like that. So that was a big week. Uh, the other one I, I could think of was uh, a little bit before that, August 29th, 2009, uh, Black Eyed Peas, 20 weeks at number one on the Hot 100. Uh, they had uh, 12 weeks at number one for Boom Boom Pow, and then they got uh, to their eighth week uh, as of uh, this week in 2009 with I Got a Feeling. Uh, that passed the record for the longest consecutive run at number one uh, for any act. So Usher had had uh, 19 straight weeks in 2004 with Yeah and Burn. Black Eyed Peas made that uh, a new record in uh, 2009, and they got it all the way up to officially a half year, 26 straight weeks with those two songs. Again, that feels feels like a record that probably will last for a while, but I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if it's broken. At some point, we saw Bieber uh, have a couple number ones back-to-back. Last yeah, I mean, year, if you, if you have the right timing, it's possible. Of, yeah, yeah, 17 in a row. So uh, the same week, again, that wasn't the only uh, chart history. Jason Mraz got his 70th week on the Hot 100 with I'm Yours, broke a tie with Leanne Rimes for the longest charting Hot 100 hit, uh, How Do I Live? I'm Yours passed that. The uh, record is now 87 weeks for Imagine Dragons Radioactive, but uh, Mraz's song still has the record for a soloist. 76 weeks it got to on the Hot 100. Here we are, almost a decade later. It's still the longest charting. Hot 100 ever for solo artist. Historic weeks uh, this week. In the discussion, I'm not sure there's a right answer, but I put it up there with those. Wish I had my own evidence. We record this uh, podcast at the Billboard Library. That's every issue going back to 1894. If you want to, we'll wait for you. All right, we'll give you time. Uh, in the meantime, Yael and Dave Penn are back from Hit Songs Deconstructed uh, on last week, uh, talking about uh, what made hits hits in uh, 2017, analyzing some of the biggest top tens and some of the uh, biggest trends of the year. So uh, Yael and Dave have more this week. Let's get back right into it. More analyzing the hits on the Billboard Hot 100 from Yael and Dave Penn of Hit Songs Deconstructed on the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Oh. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. We the best music. Another one. DJ K. Yeah, yeah, looking at the truth, the money never lie, no. I'm the one, yeah. I'm the one early morning in the dawn. No, you want to ride now. And Yael Penn back on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Thanks for coming back. Our pleasure. Great to be here. All right. So uh, last week, I learned all kinds of things on uh, uh, different influences we really got into, a tempo, time uh, into chorus of hits in 2017. So looking back at 2017, this is uh, part two. You guys got so much more. What else uh, can we learn from last year's hits? There's a few things. Well, today we'll be discussing (laughs) vocal trends in the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10. Uh, and then we'll dive into the compositional trends, including key, instruments, lyrical themes, and the use of interpolation in recent hits. Is there a quiz this week? There's always a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you studied. Okay, I'll give you a really, really easy one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which means anything but. Yeah. When you think of the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10, do you think... Female artist mm. or male artist? In 2017? Yes. Oh, oh, men. Men, 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 men. <laughs> it's got to be. I told you it was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, over the past three years, not just 2017, though, um, the percentage of songs that featured exclusively female vocals did not exceed 27%. In 2017, only 20% of songs featured exclusively male vocal, female vocals. Um, on the other hand, male vocals have been dominating the top 10 for several years. In 2015, songs featuring exclusively male vocals accounted for 62% of songs. In 2016, it went down a bit to 53, and then in 2017, it went back up to 58% of songs. And when you look at the number one hits, it's even more pronounced. Three quarters of number one hits in 2017 feature exclusively male vocals. And that's compared to just 17% that featured exclusively female vocals. The sole representatives were Taylor Swift with Look What You Made Me Do and Cardi B with Bodak Yellow. And before that, it was Adele more than a year ago with Hello. So as you can see, there has been a very big disparity between female and male vocals in the top 10 over the Hot 100 for quite some time now. So when we look at the prominence of single versus multiple lead vocalists, songs that feature a solo lead vocalist have been decreasing in prominence for quite some time now as well. In 2014, 71% of songs featured a single lead vocalist. Since then, it's decreased year over year from 71% to 2018, 
to just 53% of songs in 2017. Songs that feature a duet or a group vocal, on the other hand, have been increasing in prominence, going from just 29% in 2014 up to half of songs in 2017. Now, there was an interesting vocal shift that occurred in hip-hop last year. In Q1, 71% of hip-hop songs were all male duets or groups. However, in Q2, the number went down to 50. In Q3, it went down to 38. And in Q4, it went down to just 29%. So from 71 down to 29%, um, the all-male duets or groups. Now, um, as this downward trend was occurring, male and female duets and groups were on the rise, going from 14% in Q1 to almost half of songs in Q4. They include mo Motorsport, Break It Up, and No Limit. So it'll be interesting to see how this trend continues in 2018. For uh, at least the past three years, um, <clears throat> men have been really um, dominating the top 10 with more than 50% of songs for over three years. Right. And women know more than 27% over the past three years, exclusively right. female. Well, kind of funny too, with, with hip hop being such a the big genre of the time, I mean, there was a time when that would have naturally involved a lot of women because women used to sing so many of the hooks on mm -hmm. a lot of these hip-hop songs. Yep. And now whether it's, you know, guys handling their own hooks in the kind of Drake, Post Malone kind of way, yep. or and maybe they have another collaborator now, 21 Savage or somebody who's mm -hmm. another rapper to bring a verse in, you know, it's kind of funny that most people might think that women would, would have benefited from that in the past in the 90s, early 2000s, but now that's another lane that's kind of closed off. Yeah, I mean, in hip-hop in 2017, it was Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Yep. Yeah. Who were the ones on it, so. So I'm going to turn things over to Dave now, and he's going to go through the compositional trends. All right, so to continue with the theme here, let's start with a pop quiz. Um, in 2017, were more songs in a major or minor key? Okay, I'm, I'm poor with... Uh... With this kind of music theory, but well, all right. So let's do. Was it happier? Well, I, I, was it <laughs> <laughs> I, I got. I got. I know that. I, do, I passed the entrance exam at least. Um, I mean, I guess with so many of these kind of sad ish ish. So, I mean, I feel like the SoundCloud rappers yeah. always get a, a you know are known for for their minor song, yeah, minor thinking, key songs. Like so. I'm thinking, Rockstar is is minor. If that was a big part of 2017, I'll say more minor. I'm gonna say minor too. Both get it. Minor. 62% top 10 hits were in a minor key. And that percentage has steadily been increasing year over year since 2014, where minor accounted for just 41% of songs. And that's when you said uh, last time, Dave, that 2014 was a big year for a lot of 80s sounds and 80s being just very major, uh, major chords, very poppy. Yeah. And then 2015 was like kind of that pivot year. Whereas I think it was almost an even split between major and minor, and then minor from that point on started to take over. That so trap influence. It's all well. trap. <laughs> um, now, looking specifically at 2017, the top 10 became a lot more minor in the second half of the year. So during the first two quarters, a little over half of all songs were in a minor key. But in the last two quarters, it jumped to around three quarters of all songs. And this was due in part to the hip-hop genre, which became 100% minor in Q4. And R&B soul was two-thirds minor. 
Um, and pop and dance club were split 50-50 on it. How about number one hits? More major or more minor? Um, I'm going to say more minor. I'm going to say... I'm going to stick with minor, too, actually. Okay. Good choice. <laughs> 83% of number one hits were in a minor key. So it was not nearly Which like was up from 50% in 2014. So very, very minor. Yeah, so a lot more moodier songs going on in the top ten. So now let's check out instruments. So there are 20 main instruments utilized in the top ten in 2017. The most popular, as you would expect, were drums and percussion, which were featured in all songs except for one. Which was it? The song that had no drums? No drums it? and percussion. Perfect. Ed Sheeran. Ah, yeah. Gary. Yeah. Nice. The, Ed, the, the remix with Beyond. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Nice. Synth and synth bass followed, which were featured in 80% of songs, and electric guitar and acoustic piano followed at 44% and 38% of songs, respectively. Now, can anyone guess what was one of the hottest instrument trends in 2017? Kind of instrument, could be percussion. Hey, give don't give it away. What are you doing? Snap. You can't cheat. This one's a snap, isn't it? <laughs> uh. It's a snap. We the best music. Another one. So I'm never gonna get too close to you, even when I mean the most to you. In case you go and leave me in the dark. And also Thunder as well that we heard last week. Right. And Havana too, right? And Havana. Yeah. Yeah. Last snaps going around. We've talked about that for for going back to same old love. That's this has been around for a little bit now. Yeah. yeah. And Lord Royals. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this has been like this entire That was almost like the almost... catalyst, maybe, I think, it was Royals. That was yeah. really the sparse arrangement with the prominent snaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the flip side, there were some atypical instruments that helped songs to stand out amongst their contemporaries and get noticed. A few of them were mallets. Uh, it was featured in only 12% of songs, but played a key role in Ed Sheeran's mega hit, Shape of You. Trumpet, which played a role in only 3% of top 10 hits. Might as well go for a trivia one here. What hit really used trumpets front and center in 2017? The other one is electric bass. Now, while it's not as atypical of the others, it was utilized in 23% of songs, the prominent manner that Charlie Puth featured it in attention was atypical and really helped that song to stand out. You just want attention. You don't want my heart. Maybe you just hate the thought of me with someone new. So that's a great example of using a more typical instrument in an atypical manner and really enabling that song to stand out amongst everybody else to great results. He's all about that bass. It's all about that bass. <laughs> Solo bass. Um, lyrical themes. So we'll begin with love relationships. And it was once again the most popular lyrical theme in the top 10. However, there was less love 
going on in 2017 than in previous years. Its level of prominence decreased from 82% of songs back in 2015 down to 50% in 2017. And it was the most popular in all the primary genres except for one. Which one was it? I'll say hip-hop. There you go. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably a good <laughs> It was just featured in one song, Unforgettable. Second most popular lyrical theme was lifestyle, meaning lyrics about the way that one lives one's life. And it counted for 38% of songs. And this was up from just 15% of songs back in 2015. And its rise in prominence was primarily due to the increased popularity of hip-hop in, in uh, the top 10. 77% of hip-hop songs featured a lifestyle lyrical theme. Another lyrical theme that significantly increased in prominence is boasting. It increased from just 2% of songs in 2015 up to 27% in 2017. I'm sorry, was what percent in 2015? Two. two per- only 2% of people only were flexing back in, <laughs> back in 2015. Wow, they come a long way. Um, and there was also, uh, there was more inspiration and empowerment in 2017. It played a role in 23% of songs, which was up from 16% in 2016. Among the year's inspirational hits were 1-800-273-8255, Believer, and also Scars to Your Beautiful. There's a moderate amount of hooking up going on, and it remained pretty much steady in the low to mid 20% range over the past few years. Among the 2017 hookup hits were Closer, which was also hit in 2016, Wild Thoughts, and of course Side to Side. Still one of the best hookup titles of the year. Um, and as far as Partying Living It Up goes, there wasn't too much of it going on in 2017, only 14% of hits featured the themes such as 24K Magic, That's What I Like, and Strip That Down. Partying and Living It Up has never really been that much of a big uh, theme in the top 10. Yeah, It's always been more love relationships, and of course lifestyle now because of hip-hop, um, you know, hooking up, but the, the real just like having a good time, yeah, that's mainly Bruno Mars who's bringing that to the table. Um, but it really never became like a very prominent lyrical theme in the top 10. It's quite interesting. So one of the key compositional characteristics that defined some of the year's biggest hits was the use of interpolation. And for those not familiar with the term, interpolation is when an aspect of a previously recorded song is re-recorded for use in a new song. So that's different than a sample, which uses an existing sound recording. And a couple of key benefits for interpolating a melody from a proven hit is that it's already been tried, tested, and proven to be effective with a wide audience. And it imparts familiarity, which makes it easier for the song to connect. So while no one reinvents the wheel, some people just borrow more than others and hopefully give credit where it's due. Um, what we're going to do is check out five of the most notable hits from 2017 and the already hit melodies, which spanned six decades, that they used to take their success potential to a heightened level. So let's begin with Ed Sheeran's mega-hit Shape of View, which interpolates the chorus vocal melody from TLC's 1999 hit, No Scrubs, which was a really big hit back in the day. Oh, before I play that, what's really interesting about this, though, is that um, Mac McDade and Sheeran, all of whom co-wrote Shape of You, decide not to use this hit melody in the chorus, where you would most typically expect to find it. They're actually using it in the pre-chorus. I'm singing like, girl, you know I want your love. Your love was handmade for somebody like me. Come on now, follow my lead. I may be crazy, don't mind me, say boy. Let's not talk to... And 
here is the No Scrubs chorus. So not exact, but some distinct similarities there. So next we have the lead single from Taylor Swift's Reputation album, Look What You Made Me Do, and interpolates a vocal melody from Right Said Fred's 1991 hit, I'm Too Sexy. And this was a huge hit for them, peaking at number one over five charts, including the Billboard Hot 100. So here is Look What You Made Me Do. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. And... Next is Closer by the Chainsmokers, which was a hit in 2016 as well. And those writers took a melodic hook from the phrase 2015 hit, Over My Head Cable Car, and incorporated it into every single section of the song. So that's why you can't get it out of your head. But in order to uh, prevent it from becoming overly redundant, the delivery method was changed up throughout the song. So here is that main hook in Closer. <laughs> over my head. It's the hook that kept on giving, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, next is Feel It Still, Portugal the Man. So this song interpolates a vocal melody that made its debut 50 years ago in the Marvelous 1961 hit, Please Mr. Postman. So not only is it a great melody, but it also successfully jibes with and accentuates the song's retro 60 vibe and bolsters its cross-generational appeal. So here is Feel It Still. And please, Mr. Postman. You want to say something? Here? I, just, I think yeah. it's so funny that that yeah. song set the record for the most weeks at number one ever on the alternative songs. Yeah, chart. yeah, yeah. Twenty yeah. weeks. I just, the biggest alternative hit ever is is based on a Marvel Lutz song. <laughs> I think I, what's, what's more, figured? What's more alternative than that? I guess yeah. a great melody is a great melody. Right. You know, where it turns up, who knows? Right. But it works. Now, one other fact about that song that not a lot of people caught on to is that Field still begins with the same lyrics and similar vocal melody of which. 2016 hit by a pretty well-known female artist and vocalist. So the opening line to Feel It Still was used in another hit in 2016. Let me play the opening line oh. for Feel It Still. I keep my hands on myself. Oh. Uh. Uh. Selena Gomez. Uh, yeah, Gary. Can't keep my hands to myself. Not a lot of people got that one. But, so, you know, one thing is that while it's not going to be that familiar to Portugal the Man's court rock audience, probably, it's going to be more familiar to a mainstream pop audience who are familiar with Selena Gomez and bolster that familiarity within that kind of setting. So right. it's really interesting, yeah. Um, last but not least, Sam Hunt's Body Like a Back Road, 
which again was the first country single to land in the top 10 of the Hot 100 since Cruise back in 2013. And it's addition, uh, oh, in addition, I should say, to its pop and urban influences, the chorus vocal similarity of Florida's 2016 hit My House bolstered its familiarity and connection potential with a mainstream pop audience. So here is Body Like a Back Road. Body like a back road, driving with my eyes closed. I know every curve like the back of my hand. Doing 15 and 30, I ain't And my house. Welcome to my house, baby take control now. Interpolation really upped the success potential of some of the year's biggest hits. That's uh, the all-time uh, longest-running country number one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. as you said uh, before, David, uh, you, you uh, have that little built-in piece of familiarity. Probably opens a lot of roads. Absolutely. To, no to, Absolutely. Uh, becoming that much bigger. And it's also been tried, tested, and proven to be successful. So, hey, use it. So that's 2017. That is 2017 in a nutshell. Now we move on to 2018. Any... Uh, any Hail Marys about some big trends that might be coming our way before the <laughs> for Christmas? Well, we don't get into the predictive end of this. However, um, I would just say keep a lookout for Latin. I think that's the yeah. main thing right there. And also, it'll be interesting to see if Grime comes over here as well. Yeah, it's been such Grime a Grime has thing. been, you know, especially overseas. You we know, talked about that, Trevor. When Grime you has been, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, especially in London. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the UK scene has been so big and... I was I was in London like about six months ago, and I yeah. asked you know people I was like who who's big and it was mostly the, the U.S. people that you would expect mm -hmm. except for uh, I believe Skepta or Stormzy is like the Stormzy. massive yeah, yeah, in yeah. the U.K. Uh -huh. and they can't understand how it's not catching on here. Well, it might be the next logical progression after trap. Yeah, but I mean, just Let's it's see. kind yeah. of weird that Grimes been around for you know a number of years in the U.K. It feels like yeah, it, it would have exploded by now, but. I mean, all they need is that, that one kind of breakthrough artist. And... Better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much as thank always. Thank you, Gary. Thank Bye. you, Trevor. Thank you. So uh, more trends from Yael and Dave. I thought they really uh, spelled it out again like they always do. Things we kind of thought we knew, but uh, they're putting it right out there that uh, if you want to hit in 2017 and, and seemingly now into 2018 as well, uh, male artists, uh, moodiness, and minor chords, all ingredients, the three M's for a hit nowadays. Well, um, I, I guess that spells bad news for people who are happy like major chords and I guess are women. Well, if you think about it, the complete opposite of that would be a song like Love Story by Taylor Swift, and it's not the song she's doing now. No, I mean, even even Taylor's kind of taken a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say darker, but more a subdued tone for sure. Um, but who knows? I mean, that was last year, you know. Obviously, we got plenty of contenders this year, and as always, one of my favorite things is you never know what new artists are going to break out and, you know, how they're going to shift the culture too. So there's, 
You know, a lot to see. New rules in the top 10 by Dua Lipa. That kind of goes against that great Havana in some ways. Camila as well. So, yeah, there's hope. Also, yesterday, speaking of uh, Camila Normani, now out with her solo record, uh, a duet with Khalid. You know, maybe Normani can can bring the women's fortunes back to the top of the charts. Right. All right. Talking Olympics this week here on the Billboard uh, Charpie podcast. Going to look back now at some... So, I called them earlier. I called them gold records for the Olympics. Called them gold records. Now we're, you know, now we're looking at platinum and diamond records. Now I've got, an, I've got another term we should use. Uh, I'm plagiarizing myself. I found an old headline that I wrote about the Olympics, and, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that, that's a cute pun." Are you proud of yourself? Ready for this one? This shows you how long ago it was written. Let's go. Rings tones. Rings tones. Olympic rings. This was written back in a time when ringtones were still a thing. Yeah, ringtones not. Not killing it anymore. That one hasn't held up too well. No, nah, I just want you know, it's one of those things that you almost forget that like no one has anymore. And of course, as the world knows now, the Winter Olympics being held in South Korea this year. Let's all flash back to uh, another South Korean Olympics. Back in 1988, this time it was the Summer Olympics, so a little warmer weather out there in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, That Olympics featured Whitney Houston singing the official Olympic anthem, One Moment in Time. That was actually a live rendition at the 1989 Grammy Awards. She opened the show with that, so the song was released, uh, the games were in September, but for the song to still be a big enough moment to open the Grammy Awards the next year, um, pretty remarkable for that. The song was actually up for an award that night as well, did not win, uh, much to my disappointment, but it was a winner on the adult contemporary chart, hitting number one there. Also was number five hit on the Hot 100, which was Whitney's 10th top 10 in a row so i mean this was whitney at the absolute top of her game yeah that is uh that's really probably one of her best vocals some of the notes she holds in that song yeah just some of those high belts i mean it's it's one of those things that you like you almost think you can kind of do it if you give it a shot and then you just try that in the shower karaoke or whatever and you just you're flat you're out of breath you can't hold it that long can't hit it that high it really gives you a new appreciation for all things you could do and another song that was on that soundtrack is the, the 1988 Summer Olympics album Slash, One Moment in Time. It was sort of the title cut. Last top 40 hit for the four tops. They just came back with this really catchy late 80s song. Got to number 35. Here's a little clip, uh, Indestructible.
So after all those hits in the 60s, the 70s, uh, nice uh, little eight, uh, late 80s hit there uh, for the four tops. Uh, moving ahead four years uh, to 1992. This was the year, I'm sure everyone will remember, Summer Olympics, uh, the Dream Team. In Barcelona, Spain. Yeah, Larry Bird. I guess there's some guy named Magic Johnson. He was also on the team. And, and Michael Jordan. Maybe some other, yeah. Whoever that is, but Larry Bird. Uh, so uh, total. But, but Larry Bird. Wait, did you just dismiss Michael Jordan for Larry Bird? Have I mentioned where I'm from? I said the Boston runs deep in you, God. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they just uh, totally uh, dominated uh, uh, basketball in the Olympics. But the theme song, this was sort of uh, interesting because it sort of not what you think of as an inspirational Olympics theme. And it kind of sort of was uh, fully official. There was an album that it was on. So it wasn't uh, on the soundtrack to a league of their own. It was a single on its own, but then it was on this Olympics soundtrack, Barcelona gold, Madonna. This used to be my playground. Number one Hot 100 hit for Madonna uh, Olympics. Uh, another one uh, from the 90s. Uh, sort of this, this seemed to be the sound. We've we've talked about this before. The 90s, uh, that was the era of divas, huge vocals. So uh, really not a surprise. 1996, another big hit. Uh, Gloria Estefan Reach uh, from the Olympics uh, in 1996 in Atlanta. Also, the song uh, really has a special place, I think, in, in Gloria's heart. And um, and for Gloria fans out there, her daughter Emily, actually, uh, if you saw last year on the Kennedy Center Honors, her daughter Emily, who's actually a musician, performed at the ceremony for her mother, and she chose to sing the song Reach. So pretty inspirational there and a great you know tie-in all these years later for mother to daughter. And I feel like we should probably uh, play this song as well. It was not from any specific year in the Olympics, but it's about an Olympian. <laughs> boy Tano do if he was here right now? He'd make a plan and he'd follow through. That's what Brian Boy Tano do. When Brian Boy Tano was in the Olympics skating for the gold, he did two stout cows and a triple. That's while wearing a blindfold. When Brian Boy Tano was in the Olympics, right, thank you, Stan, Kyle, Cartman. Maybe Kenny's on that song too. Well, maybe Charlie. a little muffled Kenny. Yeah, could be. All right, that is uh, this week's Billboard Chaffee podcast uh, at the Olympics. So uh, next week we're back. We'll talk more about uh, Drake. Just gonna guess at this point, he's probably gonna be number one again with these huge streams for uh, for God's plan. We'll see what else is going on in the top ten next week. And we'll also be looking out for Drake once again. If you've been paying attention to Spotify this week and maybe some of the viral clips that have been going around, this song "Look Alive" that seemingly has kind of come out of nowhere by Blockboy JB featuring Drake uh, should make a splash as well. Been as you would expect with anything Drake, been blowing up those streams. And uh, close with one more uh, Olympic song. You know, it's it's kind of nice as a. It seems like a lot of times uh, the host country for the Olympics uh, shines a spotlight on the music of that country. We just saw BTS being a part of uh, all the celebration uh, for this year's Olympics in South Korea. Uh, going back to 2012, uh, one of 
the biggest uh, acts really uh, in in uh, British uh, dance and pop music for the for the past thirty years or so. Uh, at this point, uh, Pet Shop Boys. The Olympics were in London in two thousand twelve, and after all these years of dance hits, they they just gave us a, a really uh, inspirational uh, pop uh, ballad. Uh, it's a, pretty much says it all. Winner from Pet Shop Boys celebrating the Olympics on the Billboard Chappie Podcast. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.